like the, the local is the hook mm -hmm. um, for at least a lot of people yeah. because it yeah. because they see the hungry people in their neighborhood you know more so than they and that's a little bit and sometimes they are surprised about when they find out that person that they know goes to the food bank to get um, you know some extra food support this is a podcast called walk talk listen an attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Blum, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode Good day, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast, Walk, Talk, Listen. And this episode is still part of the 1100 mile walk. After spending an excellent week in Seattle and its surrounding areas, I'm happy to be back home. The time I spent meeting with various members of the Cop Hunger Walk community was incredibly inspiring. From directors of food banks and shelters, fellow advisors and staff from Seattle University, to co-workers from all walks of life, members of the Duwamish tribe, and advisors of the CWS Innovation Hub, I can't express my gratitude enough. Although the walk was wonderful, it was also painful. On day two, around 10 miles in, uh, the small track around the Seattle University soccer field, I experienced a pinching pain under my foot, my left foot. And although it went away after mile 15, the pain returned in the evening. For the rest of the week, I had to take a lot of painkillers just to walk a couple of miles before needing another dose. Nevertheless, I was able to complete a 100-mile walk on day 5 for the 11th time, and I'm really happy with that. However, you know, it turns out there's this pain in my left foot really requires 4 to 6 weeks of rest. Even walking barefoot is difficult, and it experiences pain while lying down. Luckily, the special um, soles that I purchased have been helpful, allowing me to shuffle around the house with my shoes on. The Crop Hunger Walk slogan, We Walk Because They Walk, resonates deeply with me and now me and me even more than ever. Um, in developing countries, people, mostly women and girls, have to walk up to 4 miles a day just to fetch water. In Africa, this distance can be as high as 10 miles. While my left foot may hurt, I'm fortunate to have the ability to rest for 4 weeks have only walked for five days and not having to walk four or ten miles a day, you know, continuously. I'm grateful for the work of my colleagues and partners around the world who tirelessly work with local communities to make the world a better place. If you would like to support my 1100 mile walk, please visit tinyurl.com slash Maurice Bloom 100 mile 2023. And now it's time for today's podcast episode. That was recorded during the 100 mile walk last week. The audio is not as it normally is, but I still think, um, well, I still hope that you find it worthwhile listening to because we had two awesome women um, who we interviewed at the West Seattle Food Bank. As always, they will introduce themselves. 
Um, my name is Fran Yates, and I'm the executive director here at the West Seattle Food Bank. And I'm Elise Johnstone, and I'm the rector of St. John the Baptist Episcopal Church here in West Seattle. And so how, do you, how are the two of you related, right, in terms of the work that you do and, and uh, the service? The, the church, um, St. John's, has supported the food bank um, for as long as I've been here, which is 22 years. Yeah. Um, I remember the, the person who um, I replaced, she's like, oh, and this is St. John's Church. They're a really big supporter of the food bank. So, um, so yeah, they've been, they've been very helpful. And, uh, and I respect uh, the work that Fran and the West Seattle Food Bank do immensely. Um, so St. John's, I would say our most regular contribution is financial. Um, we, make a, we make a way uh, for people to designate some of their giving to the West Seattle Food Bank. And so then we, um, and then we uh, send that on. Uh, and, uh, and then we also make church sort of uh, church-wide donations from uh, time to time. And then the other thing we do, as I mentioned earlier, is we have uh, an, ur an urban community garden where we have raised uh, garden beds um, along a parking strip, essentially. We're not talking about a lot of space, um, but we grow uh, beans, kale, oh gosh, there's all kinds of stuff, and all of it comes here. That's um, great. And, yeah. and since when? Has the church been doing that? Do you know? Ooh, I, I think it's been several years. So I've only been with the church yeah. about a little more than a year and a half. But I get the sense that they've been doing that for maybe a, a decade, mm -hmm. maybe longer. I don't. Yeah, I'm not guess. sure how long the the growing garden has been. Yeah. It, I think I get the sense five years at least, uh -huh. but maybe as close as ten. You know, it's yeah. Um, and then, the, of course, the other thing is that we have connection through is with Church World Service. So um, I um, have known Crop Walk since I was first ordained back, well, let's getting further and further ago, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and have been active with Crop Walk yeah. uh, for not quite close, well, getting on to 20 years mm -hmm. um, with, co with congregations in the state of Kentucky. Um, and so when I was contacted by, uh, you know, state, a person from Church World Service asking, did, did St. John's want to consider having a crop walk this past year? Um, I reached out and said, hey, you know, who's, how many folks, have you done that before? And they said, oh yeah, some of us have. And so we, we got up a small team and, you know, we're, we're all still emerging out of COVID, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but we had a, uh, we had a team and uh, did a walk around Hiawatha Park in, in up in North Admiral. Um, people said we had people who stopped us because we carried the you know uh, stop hunger you know yeah, one step yes. at a time. And uh, people said, "What are you protesting?" <laughs> we said, "We're not." <laughs> well, unless we're protesting hunger, yeah, um, yes. but we are raising awareness, and and then we were able to share that 25% um, of what we raised was coming here uh, to, the, to the local food bank. Okay. And people were like, oh, that, and then the other money goes to help hungry, and, uh, hungry people and people in need across the, uh, throughout the world. So yeah, yeah. that would be the three ways I think Great. that. So I, I'm surprised to hear that you were able to have a walk in person because I thought you were walking 
a lot of the walks have been virtual the last two years, but you you were walking. We so did great. a physical walk yeah. this past fall. So and then right. the hope is that we would have another physical walk yeah. this yeah. fall. So and Excellent. with that walk, was that um, other churches outside of? Um, Fauntleroy UCC was the okay. other, so it's, mo it's Fauntleroy and uh, as I would say also a very good crop walk supporter. Um, and so that's Fauntleroy United Church of Christ. Um, and I think I get the sense that maybe they've even been having the walk maybe longer. Oh yeah, um, there have been, there's been crop walk going on in West Seattle since I started here. Mm -hmm. I think it, it, there's a, um, a coalition of churches called the West Side Interfaith Network, yep. WIN. Mm -hmm. um, so within West Seattle, that um, that group has is fairly active and has usually, um, you know, within that coalition has organized the, a walk in West Seattle. So that was going on for a long time, and then some churches in Greater Seattle started um, doing the walk. So, yeah, Green Lake area, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Wynn hasn't been coordinating the walk, at least recently, uh -huh. but still, both Fauntleroy and we are both very active in Wynn, so. Um, nice, that's I would like to, to go to you, so for a couple of decades now, you have been part of this Food bank here. Mm -hmm. Why? Tell us. Tell us about how did that start and why are you involved? Mm -hmm. Well, I had been in social services for a while, and I took a little break from that and did some other things, and then just was considering my next step in career. And I really like thinking about food, and you know, and thought about some like maybe doing my own business, but then I also really like being in social service and. There was a job for an executive director at the West Seattle Food Bank, um, so I applied, got that job. Um, it, we only had two staff at that time, and the board had plans to do a capital campaign and build a new building, this building we're in. So I was a little nervous about that uh, that amount of, of work, but um, just had a, a great board, and we also partnered with. Um, uh, the nonprofit that owns the housing part of this um, because they do housing um, and so um, so together we actually raised funds for this building and a couple other buildings um, and the agency's just grown and and there have been new programs that we've developed and just expanded and improved how we do services mm -hmm. um, over the years so it's always kept me really interested yeah. so now we have a whopping 12 staff uh, and wow. um, so and many still volunteers small. right you're mentioning many volunteers as yeah, well yeah and about 500 volunteers yeah. but still it's you know I mean um, and we put a, a, a lot of the funds that we raise into, you know, purchasing food to make sure we have that full array of food. Um, in March of 2020, right as the thick of COVID was happening, we merged with another agency called the West Seattle Helpline, and they do financial assistance for folks who are at risk of being evicted or have passed due utility bills um, or need money to move in to a, to a place. Um, and Helpline 
historically also had um, what's called the West Seattle Clothesline, which is a clothing bank that's located in another location. So we merged, so the agency, I mean, that was a big change to the small agency, and especially given the timing, you know, yeah. happening right as everything was just drastically switching due to COVID, um, our agency also, you know, we, it, it added quite a bit of services, what we were providing to the community, so. So the job has just always kept me interested. West Seattle is just an amazing community. People really feel a strong sense of community here, really want to support neighbors. So, you know, our, our tagline is neighbors helping neighbors and it really feels like kind of, you know, in my job, you really get to see quite a, a wide variety of folks in the community, which I, you know, I really like, and uh, it's just, it's just always kept me interested. Yeah, and and are you originally from this area, or or were you born somewhere else? I was born in Detroit. Okay. So I came out here and went to college out yeah. here, and a couple other things. So I've lived way longer in the Seattle area. Okay. Friend, I mean, recently, um, uh, you know, the White House came up with a new strategy, a national strategy on uh, hunger, nutrition, and health. And it was really a result of a bipartisan effort, which is great. Um, so, you know, uh, at the end of the day, of course, the strategy has been developed to end hunger in the U.S. Um, you know, as, as charitable service, we're trying to tell people that the strategy is there and we need to make use of the strategy to ultimately you know, reach the goal of ending hunger. Um, if I ask you, you know, to give me, you know, a message back to Washington, to the Hill, to tell there, what is it? What is the message that you think I should convey to, you know, people Church World Service works with, you know, on, on both sides of the aisle? How are we going this to solve this hunger? Well, I think, um, I guess it, I see two prongs um, to, to that. One is the immediate need of family. So we just need to have the resources so folks can get adequate nutrition um, easily. So, you know, that means supporting things like SNAP benefits um, and the TFAP federal commodities and yeah. and having the infrastructure for agencies that are doing that food distribution to you know look at new ways to get food out to the community um, home deliveries just making sure that folks are served in a multitude of ways um, so getting food and providing that emergency assistance um, but then we also just have to make do everything we can to kind of keep people out of poverty so they do not have to rely on our services. And I think most of us who are in this and passionate about this would love it if we weren't needed, mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, so making sure that folks have that safety net that they need and that um, folks have a livable wage. You know, because we serve a lot of families that are working and yep. they are just not making it. Cost of living is just really high and it's really hard.
Um, at least, you know, the, you have been very familiar with the Propongo Walk, not only in this area, but before that as well. Um, if I would ask you, okay, you know, what attracts you to the Propongo Walk, what, you know, um, yeah, can you explain that? And and then if if you would have the opportunity to tell Church Gold Service, well, if you guys could do this, that would really bring it to the next level. What would that be? Uh, well, so I think the, the thing that truly actually is the most attractive thing about Crop Walk, mm -hmm. Crop Hunger Walk for me, is the, the fact that dollars stay locally. Mm. Um, I, um, I also very much appreciate and have worked with um, refugee resettlement, um, more through Episcopal, mm -hmm. Episcopal Migration Ministries, but yeah. still work, worked with um, refugee resettlement. So I also appreciate the other parts of the dollars and the work that, that yeah. those dollars do. But I think um, being able to help people in the congregations where I've served, be able to say, when you do this, you're getting m money for uh, the West Seattle Food Bank or the White Center Food Bank or, you know, back in Kentucky, it was for God's Pantry, you know, and so um, and people that helped connect people to a local mission and a local need. Um, and then I think then there was the uh, sort of this positive benefits of helping people understand some of the international national and international work. The church world service was also doing that was you know so i think like the the local is the hook mm -hmm. um, for at least a lot of people yeah. because it yeah. because they see the hungry people in their neighborhood you know more so than they and that's a little bit and sometimes they are surprised about when they find out that person that they know goes to the food bank to get um you know some extra food support um so i feel like that has just been a huge, um, a huge draw for me is that local, uh, local food support, yeah. um, and uh, gosh, well, I I'd love it if Church World Service could solve hunger. <laughs> that would be great, but I also recognize that's a big ask. Uh, I would say to keep doing the good and faithful and excellent work that CWS is doing. I would say just yay, keep at it. I really appreciate that um, CWS was very adaptive during the pandemic um, and has, has continued to sort of adapt from there. I'm really glad that we have a local contact. Who, I mean, I know she's based in Spokane uh, with Church World Service. Um, one of the challenges that we have as we're coming out of COVID, at least as a congregation, is um, that the, the people who are around are they're, most of them are already doing a lot. And so the coordination of the walk, like it would be, you know, just the more coordination support, I think could be helpful for us on the ground. Yeah. But that's, a that I'm stretching a little bit, mm. just so you know, I was like, what could I ask for church yeah. world service to do? Um, so I'm, I'm struggling a little bit about what say, what more to say, but I do know that that's something that could, uh, uh, could use some extra help. Yeah, we could use yeah. a little extra help. Okay. And and Tiffany's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So I it, I think it's sort of like how, uh, you know, there's absolutely the providing of resources, but then what does that look like? Mm -hmm. You know, is it um, maybe having 
is it is it possible to have somebody come and talk closer to the time that the crop arc is happening where you know so that yeah those yeah. kinds of things You know what, a question on the podcast that I always ask, and, and to be fair, the people that I talk with on my podcast always get, you know, forewarning that I'm going to ask this question, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to ask you both the question anyway, is that um, if I ask you to come up with a piece of music or a song that best embodies what you are about, what song or piece of music would that be and why? Mm, well. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Take your time. Well, I can tell you the first thing that comes to mind for me uh, is one of my favorite, well, my, yeah, one of my favorite hymns. Mm -hmm. So, and then as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, is that one my favorite? Or is the other one my favorite? <laughs> but, um, and that's uh, that. It's called Saint Patrick's Breastplate, and it, it basically it, it. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity, um, and it helps me remember that God is, for me, is God in relationship. God is in relationship, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I think that that reminder of relationship is, we're not ever believers by ourselves. We're always in relationship with fellow parishioners, with agencies um, like the food bank um, and the helpline. Uh, we are we are never islands unto ourselves. We are always in relationship, and those and and we I think we can do what God calls us to do more faithfully when we do it in partnership. So, uh, thank you. I did not know where that came from. But. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I am really at a loss. Um, I, I, John Lennon, give peace a chance. Came to mind. That's a good one, yeah. but, but it's uh, it, it's certainly related because certainly I also believe that we don't, you know, do this alone. I mean, people often thank me for my work, and it's not. It's like we're all in this together. It's not me. It's it's all of us. Something else that I asked, that I started to ask my, my guests um, more recently is about a simple act of kindness. And there is, I think it's on CBC, is it CBC or CBS, there is a program now um, that they are looking at, you know, what's the, 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 the strength of a simple act of kindness and the, you know, the, the potential for rippling effect. Mm -hmm. And um, I have two questions of, around that for you. Is what do you think about the simple act of kindness? Do you believe in the power of that? Um, and then the second part of the question is, if I ask you this week to do a simple act of kindness, what would you do? So, well, you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I certainly believe in uh, the idea of a simple act of kindness, because mm -hmm. I think just showing compassion and, and being understanding of the fact that folks are in different circumstances um, is really important. So just being open to understanding that is, is so important. Um, and, and I think simple act of kindness is just, you know, just saying hello to someone who 
you know, you might not normally say hello to or smiling or just doing that small extra thing, you know. I mean, I'm, um, you know, we have our hours at the food bank and people are always running in after, after that time and, you know, our staff is always just like, okay, but hang on, let me grab you some food and then here's some, you can come back to it. So there's lots of different ways to, you know, show that simple act of kindness, but, you know. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. I think that um, what I often say to folks is that the needs of the world can be completely overwhelming. If you think about the issues of poverty and addiction and mental illness, I mean, all at, at war, greed, you know, I mean, if you start to think about, just, it can just be overwhelming and you could just kind of want to crawl up in a ball and not, and just hide uh, because it can be overwhelming. And what I will share with folks is that if we take that first step and we do that one thing, you know, and if that if that is that, um, I oh my gosh, I have two boxes of Nutrigrain bars. I'm going to put one in the box for the donation for the food bank, or um, or in the little we have a little free pantry at the church. Um, you know, that can make a huge difference in the day of one or more people. Um, and so, so don't get overwhelmed by what you can't do start with what you can and i think a lot of times simple acts of kindness are those those first steps of well not just first ongoing steps of i'm not gonna let the the just the massive uh, weight of the world overwhelm me and keep me from acting because i can't make a difference uh, and i think the more people who under follow that simple act of kindness or uh, take those those steps uh, I think it's um, it let's just say I think it's gonna make a positive difference and I would love it if the White House could implement a, a complete um, strategy that helps us to eliminate hunger but I think simple acts of kindness especially partnered with very positive um, and effective uh, systemic change man that would be great. <laughs> um, but did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. Okay, good. But, but you, both of you did not answer the second part of the question yet. Oh. And that is, if I ask you this week, you know, to do a little simple act of kindness, what would you do this week? I, I think it's just going out of my way to make sure that someone knows that you care, whether it, you know, just simple hello or um, smile or just offering something outside of what we normally do. Okay. okay. I, I would, I, I, I would agree. I, I feel like um, this is going to come across maybe not exactly the way I intended, and I realize this is being filmed, so now I'm super like, oh, should I say that? But I feel like. Um, we folks come to the church in situations of need on a regular basis and so um, I get a lot of opportunities I think um, 
and I would imagine that you all get a lot of opportunities um, here um, to be to, to undertake simple acts of kindness and trying to um, yeah show respect I, I'm not going to be able to solve all the issues that a person has when they come to the door but trying to make sure that they know that I respect them as a as a person um, sharing some time a smile kindness and then uh, appropriate support um, I get those opportunities all the time and um, I don't I don't always take them up as the way that I should but um, I, I try to take up as many as I'm Last question is, you know, what is that a question that I should have asked you that I didn't? Well, this is not maybe a question that you haven't asked, or you should, you should have asked that you that you didn't. But I I do think about the other things that affect hunger, and so addiction, mental illness, um, and I I um, and and more um, abuse of power. You name it. Um, and so I, I think about, um, I think it was um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu quoted, I believe, a proverb that said, you know, yes, we should pick up the, the people who have fallen into the river, but we should go upstream and find out why they're falling in the river. Um, and so what are the aspects of systemic change and again you know so so why uh, how can we provide more mental illness support um and uh as as a society and so what is you know especially when you go talk to the white house i think that's maybe <laughs> that, i think that's where i'm coming from with that one it was like why am i talking about this um so um those other aspects that absolutely contribute um to hunger and poverty so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would second that in that, you know, the issue of hunger, is there's that immediate need, but why, why is there that need here in the United States, especially, you know? Um, so it does seem like um, there's ways that we could work more effectively on making sure that everyone has the nutrition that they need. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, and, and, and Diana was also laughing because I, I often talk about the parable of the babies in the river. <laughs> so, so, oh, good. Uh, and two days ago, he said the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, because I, I, you know, we, we, are, we are so busy with the now you know, with the downstream stuff. And it's, of course it's important. I mean, as you said, Ken, I mean, uh, in one of the answers, you know, we need to address the needs now, but at the same time, you also need to look at the system. So that's that's a lot what I try to, to raise in the podcast as well through my uh, guests. And I often refer back to the sustainable development goals, because I think as a world there, it's not perfect, but at least as a world, we have agreed that there are 17 goals there that we should solve before 2030 and it's and and you know 
SDG 2, Sustainable Development Goal number two is end hunger. Number one is end poverty. And, but the whole framework um, is based on the concept of, you know, everything is related, right? You cannot solve hunger without looking at poverty or inequality, gender, you name it. So, so I, I absolutely appreciate what you're saying. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that's that's one message that uh, this hundred mile walk, but the podcast by itself as well is is conveying either you know, through my voice, but more importantly through the, through the the people I, I uh, talk with um, on a weekly basis. So you know, thank you very much for, for that. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for for you know opening up your house and uh, showing us around and. Um, Thank you for all of the work both of you do. I mean, it's again, it's all of us working together in our different ways. So, I, I'm going to share that thanks with the people of St. John's because I, I I don't deserve a whole lot. <laughs> for me, it's the same. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram.